0: Welcome to the Journey to the Stage podcast, I'm Brian Frazier. Our theme song, as always, is Arise and Shine by my good friend from San Antonio, Chris Taylor. You can check out his work at ChrisTaylorWorld.com. The goal of this podcast is to discover what has shaped the artists and musicians that are shaping and making today's music and art. We will cover upcoming and current projects, but we always start at the Beginning of the Artist's Journey. This is episode three, and it is my privilege to have here on the podcast today, Henry Lewis. Henry Louris is a multi-talented individual. He's a visual artist, a musician, songwriter, and singer, which I just discovered, singing with his dad. He's also the son of uh, Jayhawk's singer, songwriter, guitar player, Gary Louris, who in my humble yet informed opinion is one of the greatest songwriters in American music history. That's a bold statement, I know, um, who also has a brand new album out called Jump for Joy. It is a great honor to have you on with me today, Henry. Welcome to Journey to the Stage. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Good. I'm glad you're here. So let's start. You are first and foremost a visual artist, and you're actually the first one I've had on my podcast. So I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's let's kind of go back to the beginning Um, what was your early exposure to art both visual and musical and just talk a little bit about that in your in your early years sure
1: sure I mean I visual art wise it wasn't great I I mean I drew like uh, you know any other kid does I guess musically uh, obviously you know um, growing up with my dad there's we always had something playing and Um, I was, I was a huge Beatles fan when I was a kid. Um, I think I would just kind of play those over and over again, drove my family a little crazy in that, in that (laughs) sense. But, um, visually, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there was a lot of like, kind of, there weren't a lot of museum trips or art books around the house. I think I just kind of started drawing. I used to do this uh, fake newspaper when I was a kid that I would print out every day and bring to class and distribute with a kind of fake you know, uh, news headlines and, um, and I would draw the photographs and then I would do a kind of comic strip section. So I think that kind of was my main, my main um, interaction with visual art at that time. And it kind of, it kind of was a late thing. I think late high school is really when I started kind of getting serious about it. So.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. How old were you when you first realized, you know, Hey, I can, I'm actually pretty good. You know, I'm doing some drawing, some sketching and This looks pretty cool like what when did that kind of hit you that you had maybe a a special talent in that regard
1: honestly like 16 or something really i was a pretty average artist pretty much throughout um middle school and high school and it was a uh, kind of a confluence of you know a couple factors of one i just made some kind of i think drawing i made some kind of realization about it just the simplest realization of that you know if you if you get the shape of the shadow right, that like a uh, the whole thing pops into form, and it's right. kind of an obvious thing, but it's it's a kind of crucial thing. And it, it just was like once I did that, it was amazing. Just within an instant, it was so much easier to draw. And I think that kind of excitement of oh, it's like some like discovering something formal that kind of sparks a whole that kind of opens a whole world is is really exciting. And then I think the other thing was that I, I scheduling wise, I got put in a class with older students, an art class with older students. And I had to, you know, work to, to keep up. I realized that I could hang with those kids. And, and then I, um, I realized that I did enjoy this, but yeah, it was kind of a late thing and it was, it was kind of lucky. I didn't know what I was going to do really at all.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fun. I remember uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible artist, but I remember drawing as a kid, drawing cowboy scenes and things with a good friend of mine, Jason, who still is a really incredible artist and just feeling shame of like, I would we would compare side by side and his would have like perspective and depth and <laughs> dimension and all this stuff. And yeah, mine was a stick figure on a terrible looking horse. And <laughs> so that's, that's cool that you, that's cool though, that you, even at 16 though, you were, I can imagine being in a class like that with some older, maybe some more experienced artists uh, that that would kind of mm-hmm. push you along to really, like you said, kind of keep up with everybody.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that I think it also um, it, it informed my perspective a little bit, just about kind of the idea of talent and people being inherently good or bad at things in general. I, I, it made me think a little bit differently about it in the sense of that sometimes it's more of just certain factors uh, informing kind of mental breakthroughs to where something opens up. Because I mean, it really I think sometimes the difference between someone who you know, it's almost like an allegory of the cave thing, where it's like you know, you didn't see something, and all of a sudden you see it, and then and all of a sudden you realize you have all these kind of internal resources. And I think that sometimes it's actually like the difference between someone who's quote unquote talented or not talented is actually more of just a, one or two factors that that open their eyes to something, and then they were they kind of realize they had the interest to keep going. Um, and I think that's interesting because that means kind of anyone is you know a lot closer than they might think
0: so in other words anyone can be an artist it's just a matter of degree and and that type of thing that's that's actually encouraging because I have in all my years of life I have not been able to tap <laughs> tap into that yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's, funny. that's cool so then early on you mentioned that you listened to, from a musical perspective you were listening to a lot of Beatles and just uh, watched yep. on on your dad's patreon page you're still obviously a beatles fan so looking back musically yep. what era of the beatles albums maybe really really catch you still today or is it their entire body of work
1: um i i think i still have a love for their entire body of work but i definitely would say i mean i would still say the white album is the kind of center for me um and yeah. i think it was when i was a kid too. there's something about that album that just was it just gripped me and it still does. And it's one of the only, i think about this is one of the only albums I think uh, by anybody that I can think of where the, the bad songs enhance it, you know, because there's a lot of, it's, it's such an uneven album in the sense of, you know, it's not their like most consistent body of work. You know, there's a lot of kind of throwaways in there, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the few albums by anyone I think that I would, I would, I actually think it's a better album for having all those in it and it's that it actually um i actually want those those songs in it even though they're kind of some of them are bizarre i mean like wild honey pie is barely even a song but i <laughs> i want it there i remember we did a um i had a uh i actually was in a, a ta in high school for a beatles class that like one of our history teachers would do for we had like a we had like a kind of summer program thing and he had a project where he had everyone edit down the white album to what they would take off, you know, to, to just make it shorter and better. And I, I, it's, it was an interesting exercise, but I I don't think I would take anything off actually. So That album still grips me. I think, Uh, I mean, I am a huge, I mean, Abbey road is a huge one for me as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because of the, I mean, something is one of my favorite songs ever, but also just that second side, the kind of the medley is it's also influenced just, the other kinds of albums that i love like uh, albums that flow together like that and kind of create this kind of almost symphonic thing to them so i think yeah. those two specifically sergeant pepper I, is probably the one that i would is probably their most respected that i'm the least interested in mm. um i actually almost prefer magical mystery tour in a lot of ways yeah yeah but their early stuff's really great too i mean this boy is one of my favorite songs
0: oh, yeah. of all time so you could listen to them and think, you know, listen to early Beatles and maybe something later from Sergeant Peppers or the White Album and think they're really not the same band. But I, I love their their musical journey. And I think any great artist or band is not going to keep writing the same album over and over again. They're going to grow and, and uh, mature as writers and their sound is going to be, be reflective of that. So, you know, kind of going back to your visual art, at, at what point did you... Realize, oh, this is something I really want to pursue, um, because obviously you've 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 gotten your degrees. This has this become a, a field of study for you. At what point did you say mm-hmm. this is where I'm going? This is this is what I want to do with with my life. Um, what point did you get there?
1: I'd say pretty soon after uh, what I was talking about earlier with when I just realized that. I had a knack for it it just felt like it felt like a whole world opened up and it pretty quickly after that I realized I think I was someone who was desperate to have something like that you know mm-hmm. so when it when it opened up and it felt like I I had this kind of whole new like subculture to explore mm-hmm. it was um it was just really I I think I I just became enveloped in it really quickly and I just all of a sudden was spending all my time. And so, yeah, I think I was just, you know, I think I was someone who was just waiting for something like that to happen. You know, yeah. I, like I wanted something to, to drive me. So I think pretty quickly, especially since I, it happened late in high school, I had to make some kind of decision anyway about what, yeah. what I was applying to get into. So right. um, all of a sudden we were kind of my family. we just, we were thinking about doing arts, like applying to art schools and it just kind of it started catapulting quickly.
0: Yeah. And, and so share a little bit about what your educational experience, because I think you went to Boston University. What, what specifics yep. did you focus on? What styles did you find yourself drawn to? Share a little bit with us about kind of what your educational experience is like.
1: Sure. The goal of many art schools is kind of by the end of it, they want you to be more, maybe more confused than going in. Because I think engaging with art history and kind of the different forms of the medium, you know, it's such a complex thing. And I think when you start out, you're almost more sure of yourself because you just want to do something that looks good. And, you know, as if once you kind of start dedicating yourself to it, you realize that there's just so many implications, you know, of how things are read. And also just that, you know, maybe the goals that drew you in at the beginning realize that they might fall flat in some ways and that you like okay I did that but you know it didn't fulfill me the way I wanted to or something anything like that so I think you know I think uh, art school in a lot of ways is pretty self-directed in the sense of they kind of they provide you you know they they ask they ask questions and you have to kind of find what the answer for them is the answer to them is kind of for yourself you know Um, I think if you take it too objectively to where like the teacher is you know telling you how to be and then you kind of I, I i think you can lose the thread a little bit so I, I think yeah. it's a lot of self-discovery with people then asking questions of you and challenging you and then you have to kind of um, figure out it's then it's just more self-discovery in a sense so you know stylistically I went in with a lot of um western art historical influence um from going to kind of museums and looking at old master stuff and you know as i've progressed it's like then i i take you know it's a matter of assessing what tools what tools are vital to my painting and what aren't and then kind of discarding those and then like what are the motivations of these tools that are that i'm using and um how can i twist them or how can i kind of um think through them in a, in a in a way that kind of leads me into something you know that hasn't already that I don't already know the answer to if that makes sense or, right. um, yeah from what yeah some kind of self-discovery I mean is really the end goal I think so you know in a lot of ways you start out with foundation classes where they're teaching you kind of more hands-on skills and mm-hmm. then as you progress it becomes more and more free form to where you're you're kind of coming up with what you want to do and then they kind of come in and see what you're doing and then they kind of continue continually challenge you in that way so it was a good experience I think um I'm glad to have a little bit of a break from it because it is tiring in some ways to have that many eyes on your work that frequently and having that consistent a feedback it's nice to be able to kind of develop projects in hiding a little bit (laughs) so you have a chance to (laughs) to get to some conclusions on your own so I'm excited I'm excited to have a little bit of a break but it was it was uh It was, you know, a great experience.
0: Yeah. And so you graduated summa cum laude uh, from Boston University, which is pretty cool. And you just turned in your thesis, right? So you've got that all behind you now. Uh, Does that feel pretty good to have that done?
1: It does. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, the art thesis is, the thesis is, you know, you have a body of work and then you also write something, but it's not the same. I know people who, you know, who had other degrees, they have to write like a kind of 50 page paper. I didn't have to do that, luckily. But yeah, it's just like <laughs> a body of work. And then I also wrote kind of a, a more medium length essay <laughs> along yeah. with it. So That's that, cool. that, that was nice. It was very stressful, but uh, it was also exciting. Yeah, it's just kind of weird, you know, you go from, it's, that was probably the most intense point of the educational experience from kindergarten through college. And now it's just you know that cutoff point, and then it's nothing you know now it's like it's like complete kind of lack of structure so it's it's a weird transition but uh just kind of looking around for what's available I guess
0: yeah and looking at your website uh, henrylouris.com a lot of the work you have and and we'll talk about this more at the end but people can come and view your work different mediums they can purchase and things like that. we'll talk about that more. Um, But in our chat before, you talked about how the style that you tend to gravitate to is more impressionistic. Talk about maybe some of those influences and the type of art that you are currently creating.
1: I think I have abstract expressionist influence and then also some, um, I mean, I definitely still have some form of Baroque influence as well. And then I think fluctuate a little bit I, I think we were talking about this in our, in our prep call that I think with any, anyone, I mean, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't speak for anyone, but my assumption is that everyone kind of just pulls aspects from a lot of different pots, you know, so I have certain things that I have from Baroque painting as in kind of 1600s painting and certain mm-hmm. stuff that, you know, sometimes my palette or atmosphere has a little bit more impressionist stuff to it. And sometimes, it, you know, I think I have some abstract expressionist uh, influence as well. And, you know, certain things that are newer, you know, in film and poetry and, and it all kind of congeals into this hybrid thing. Yeah. I'm, you know, it, it's an interesting, I'm trying to think through, you know, my relationship to those things. And I, I one of my favorite contemporary artists name is Anselm Kiefer and he thinks all art is reflection politically and identity wise um, as well, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, what do those things mean? And what are the kind of effects of you know my participation in those things and I guess Mm -hmm. it's kind of the thing that I like about Kiefer is that he puts those things forth without trying to like conform to a new formula in order to escape those things but also not with just trying to like bring back tradition you know it's a it's kind of he has this engagement with it where he's like I love these things but I also know their destructive nature or their their kind of temporal nature and and so I'm trying to think through that in a sense that I think some of my work doesn't do that yet, but that's something I hope to, to look forward to.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now, do you have a medium that you prefer that you find is you're able to be more expressive in or is it all the same to you? What, do you have preferences there?
1: I personally generally work in oil and um, I also do etching, which is a form of printmaking, um, which is a little bit different. Etching is usually where you... You put a kind of resin over a, a metal plate, either zinc or copper, and then you draw into the resin um, and then you put it in an acid bath. So where you've drawn away will actually etch into the metal. And then so that it's like a physical line and then you, you ink it and then put it through a press. So it ends up it's like it's reproducible, but it's also it's also still a kind of handmade fine art. So it's this kind of interesting in between. You know, in between like mass production and handmade, but I uh, so that's kind of my other medium that I really like. But a lot of my paintings are are, are mostly oil. I mean, of course, other other uh, materials come in usually um in some way, but that's the general yeah general basis.
0: When you are before that blank sheet of canvas, what is in your mind? Do you have a picture in your mind that you're trying to create, or do you start and let what you've created kind of guide the rest of you. Like, how, how does that work for you?
1: I think it's kind of a, it's a little bit of both. I think I generally have a sense of what I want. It's a lot of times it can be textural or it's like, I want this kind of quality of paint, you know, because there's, there's some, the, the thing I love about oil is that you can kind of do whatever you want with it. It can, mm-hmm. it can be thinned out, you know, and, and made in a wash or it can be really thick. The great thing about oil is that it can kind of be made to almost not only render something, like something else but it could actually kind of behave like something else Mm -hmm. like if you wanted to make it rock like you know you could make it like that you know instead Mm -hmm. of just kind of shade it to look like that so a lot of times it starts with you know just the quality of paint I want and what I kind of want how I want it to to kind of vibrate visually I guess but maybe a general a general compositional idea or something like that but but then, you know, it always changes immediately. <laughs> you know, uh, it never, like, for me, it never quite goes to plan. And so then a lot of the painting process is just kind of getting myself out of the hole I've dug. <laughs> and then uh, and then that ends up making it more interesting anyway than if it had kind of gone formulaic, yeah. it gone like a, you know, if it proceeded in the way that I'd hoped. Um, yeah, would
0: you consider that? It's like, a little bit like, both. It's a little bit yeah. both. Yeah, so part of that, Painting process that creating process is kind of a reaction to what you have on there which is formulated right. by some loose picture you have in your mind that's that's really interesting to connect that maybe loosely to songwriting and we'll talk a little bit more about this but you've been doing some songwriting is there mm-hmm. is there a parallel there do you start a writing process with a little bit of a, you know, picture in your mind, similarly speaking, that you start, or do you start playing and let a melody be found and then react to that? Do you, do you find some parallels in those two creative processes?
1: Obviously, I don't, I can't speak for, I don't know how it feels for other people, but for me, I, I would think so that you kind of like, oh, I want this sort of song or I'm interested in this usually it's like same thing you know I might see another painting or hear another song and I'm like oh I like that kind of energy I want to make something with that kind of energy and then you know so then I have this kind of idea of what type of song might be but then it's like you end up kind of like both with paint and I think with at least for me with songwriting it's like you kind of noodle around until something like kind of pops out that like you're like oh that's that's it right there. You know, it's mm-hmm. something kind of appears and then kind of tells you how to proceed. Um, and that's the kind of exciting part where it's like, it almost produced the next step on its own. So yeah, I think a lot of times it's, you know, I think it's things feel like they start to click into place where, where you know, before I maybe just felt like I was putting strokes on or I was playing chords and all of a sudden it feels like something kind of emerges that has an internal structure. Mm-hmm. Um, from which then I can then I almost know then the next steps are almost logical but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known it before I start um so I think in both senses that comes into play um where a lot of it's just kind of finding the next step from the medium itself I guess
0: that's really interesting I would think there are some parallels there and I think you described that really well and of course it's different for for all people but since you operate mm-hmm. really in those two artistic fields it is kind of interesting that there are some some parallels in how you create in those two spheres so are you working on something now because you, you also um you've had some exhibits in the past do you have any pieces that you're working on now or have some inspiration that you're looking forward to getting to
1: um I've been painting I don't I don't think i have um any kind of show coming up but you know I, I always painting and songwriting i i just you know i always have to do them in some way it's just kind of integral to <laughs> to surviving i think it's more you know whether or not i have a project for it it's, it's more like i think with both of them i just do them you know a lot of it is just doing some them to to keep me going yeah. so i'm i'm always working on some stuff just as a kind of self-survival mechanism I guess but um I don't think I have I don't think I have any painting shows coming up I just kind of had my thesis show now I'm just resting a little and but I am painting I have been painting I've been working on uh, a, a small portrait oh I actually might I've been working on a couple portraits um I know I'm it's possible I might be showing some portraits in Minneapolis at some point this year but I don't have a definitive date for that but I've been working on a small portrait and then a kind of large, more abstract painting that's, um, that's I don't know, something like uh, four feet tall or something like that. Not not huge, but in the nice. middle. So it's like a little little project and a larger project next to each other.
0: Yeah. And people can <laughs> and always check, saw, check. And check. then
1: writing is less
0: structured. And people can always check your website, com to find out mm-hmm. information yeah. about when that's coming out. So as you've talked a little bit about, you're also a songwriter, a musician. It was interesting, I, I think I shared when we chatted that when I interviewed John Jackson, I had just watched uh, one of your dad's live streams that you were on with him. And you've probably been on multiple, but I was telling John, I'm like, that would be so cool. You know, just as a as a dad of two sons, like if these two guys did a, worked on a project together and John said, yeah, I think they're actually been working on something. Then when we chatted, you talked a little bit about how this has been kind of a, a loose, but ongoing project. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've done and ultimately where you want to see that go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've done, um, I mean, he's, he's just helped me in all areas. Of course, I, I started recording some of my uh, own stuff last summer and he was helping me with that. I was, I was visiting him and we were working on some stuff and um, you know, that, that's a kind of, had to go on pause once i went back to school but i mean he was helping with that and then you know i, I think he uh at least liked what i was doing enough to uh enjoy writing with me in some sense and you know yeah. we've it's resulted in some you know last eight months or something we've had a, we've had a few calls that um i think we probably have like three or four things that we've that we've uh co-written and so i, I would love to keep going and and uh make a little a little project out of it um so hopefully that'll, that'll continue but um i'd like to do a project that like everything was co-written not something that we would both provide our own stuff for because okay. he's also just helped me with like you know i come to him with like a something that's 90 percent that i want to use and he might help me kind of finish part you know yeah just maybe say oh it's it's too long here you know i think he, he says he's really good at uh at editing down <laughs> ideas you know making things more concise so yeah. sometimes if i have something that's looser he'll help me but i'm talking more like stuff where we it's closer to 50-50 you know where yeah. I, we come with maybe little to no idea and then and then so out of that we probably have three or four things i think we've done so hopefully he'll keep doing that um i enjoy it a lot
0: yeah i just think that's really neat what a great father-son project. That's just really cool. And I, you know, hopefully that will work will continue and we'd love to maybe get a, a release sometime. And when that, when and if that day gets here I'd love to have you back on and we can talk about that. All right, well, we are just down to our last few minutes here. Um, Henry, I've really enjoyed having you on. So last question or, um, you know, just w- how can people best support you and the work that you are doing?
1: if you like visual art stuff and uh, uh are interested i obviously um my website is just my full name com. if anyone wants if you want to check that out that's that's wonderful otherwise keep supporting the the shit show streams or whenever he puts stuff out it's always um always uh helpful for overall family and i think you know it's it's tough when uh, i have so many kind of um floating projects that i don't have a lot of definitive release dates on so but okay. um yeah just i will you know once things become more definitive the the, the news will get out there somewhere and uh,
0: yeah.
1: it'll reach an audience somehow i think
0: Yeah. And you've got on your website, you've got many pieces that could be purchased. So, and just some really, really great work. So definitely would encourage people to visit henrylouris.com. It's H-E-N-R-Y-L-O-U-R-I-S.com. And you also have um, an Etsy shop. And uh, you talked about maybe some of the things that you've worked on with your mom. Tell us a little bit about what you've done and what you have there. So some, pretty exciting stuff you've done. Yeah.
1: You done. That's also been, yeah, that's also been, I, you know, my mom has been uh, a seamstress for a long time and, and she also, she's sold a lot of things through Etsy herself. And so we've taken some of, you know, some, you know, more kind of sketchbook things that I've had or, or more kind of, you know, smaller drawings and stuff like that. And we've kind of found vintage frames for them and are, are selling those on Etsy for, so if you want something that's a little bit more like a, a kind of household item, I guess, or, the, or a house, you know, a decorative item, then maybe a large painting and something that might be a little bit more affordable too. It's mm-hmm. um, that's that that page is out there as well, and that's also been I mean it's been really great to be able to to work with her, you know, because she's also incredibly artistic, and um, it's it's fun to have a project going with each parent. It's a, it's an it's an exciting thing. I also wanted to mention that on my on my website, I also have, um, on the kind of homepage, if you keep scrolling down, I have a bunch of other, a lot of other young artists that I really respect. I have a lot of their info listed on there. So if you are looking, if uh, you like anything on my website, or you just are looking for kind of uh young talent to, to follow, I have a lot of really great artists that I, I love and respect on there as well to check out.
0: Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I saw those listed down there. So if any of you are interested on that work, you can find that at henrylouris.com. As you mentioned, just scroll the way down. And then your Etsy page, if you just go on to Etsy, just look for Henry Louris and you'll find his work there. And I look, I'm i actually on there right now. It looks like you've got four different pieces for sale right now that are really cool, cool-looking frames. Uh, these are really unique items that if somebody's looking for something special, this is a great place to find something too. Which is really cool. Awesome work there.
1: I'll and I'll be uh, thank you. Yeah, and they get that the Etsy shop gets updated pretty frequently, so there'll be there'll be more items on there soon once I once I get home from uh from, once I get back home.
0: Cool. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you did the artwork for your dad's new solo album, Jump for Joy, which just came out brand new. Uh, and seeing the cover and realizing that you did it that's what drove me to your website so for Jayhawks fans out there talk a little bit about that cover as we close and and kind of uh, there's because there's kind of a little backstory to that why don't you share that with us
1: it was just kind of uh I I think I had I had all these games of tic-tac-toe in my sketchbook that I think I'd played with an ex-girlfriend or something and i I just wanted to repurpose that uh it was nice paper and i wanted to use it so i think i ended up kind of just doodling over those and that was one of those i have a few drawings like that where it's like i was working kind of in the boxes like that it's not you know it doesn't have like a huge kind of conceptual backstory because it's more of a it was more of a kind of a a sketchbook thing but it had been kind of sitting in my sketchbook for a couple years and i think it just i forget um it must have been on my instagram or something and i think I was I was hoping to do something for his record. We were just having a hard time finding something because I think a lot of my stuff isn't isn't graphic or kind of punchy in that way. It's a little bit more fine arty, I guess. And so that was something that he kind of found last minute. We were, we kind of it kind of decided, oh, you know, just not going to work. Uh, couldn't find anything of mine that felt right. Um, and we were gonna he was looking for other options, and then he found that the last second, and it felt right. So. Uh, that was really exciting for me because I've been wanting to do that for a long time. I thought that would be cool. Yeah, um, and I think I think he seemed happy with it as well. So it was a real, yeah, it's a really nice thing um, to happen, and it's a it's a great record. So that that's also nice on top of that to be part of a project that I actually enjoy. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is really great. cool. It yeah, the the record's outstanding, and if anyone doesn't have it yet, you can find that at garylourismusic.com. You can purchase hard copies there. Um, or also look for Gary Lewis on Bandcamp, and you can get downloads from there. And lastly, I think I think the song Mr. Wilson on Smile was that written kind of as a nod to you, because I think Wilson is your middle name, right? Do I do I have that right? Do I remember that backstory right? Yes, that is. Yeah, that's
1: that one's about me and. I- Mister- on on um, one of the Golden Smog albums, I think is about, about me too. It was, but yeah, Mr. Wilson was about, I think partially about me. I mean, I think there's, I think, I, I think he's mentioned to me, before, you know, that a lot of the songs are kind of collage, you know, right. but different sections are about different things. So I think the first verse is about me and then the rest of it is about other people, but right. I think there's a song, I think Cure for This on um, another fine yeah. day, I think also is about me. I can see. I don't think he wrote i think uh i think mark Perlman wrote that if i'm
0: correct i um, think you are right and so that's that's, a that's beautiful also a song beautiful song
1: it's a beautiful song and it's also sung by um, one of our family friends that i grew up with in spain uh mooney yeah
0: do i have that right that yep, that was it was, yeah it was
1: yes yeah i think that was recorded in that studio so it's just a, you know, it's, it's an honor to have both of those. And I didn't even know that that one was about that second one was about me until just a couple of years ago. So that was, that was um, really exciting to find out. What a great
0: thing. Yeah. That's what, what an honor. Well, Henry, I have yeah. enjoyed our chat tremendously. I've learned a lot. And I know that my listeners will really enjoy this chat. And I just encourage people, swing by henrylouris.com. Check out his work there and jump over on Etsy and just search for Henry Louris. Or you can actually, it's linked on his main webpage as well. So keep up with Henry. He is a he's a budding artist, very, very talented. Um, If you're looking for a great piece to fill your home, you can get one directly on his website or through Etsy. And we will keep our eyes and ears peeled for an eventual release, maybe with uh, collaboration with you and your dad. So Henry, thank you again for joining me. I appreciate your time.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed this. This was great.
0: All right. And thank you everybody for listening. This is episode three going in the can. Very grateful for Henry. Thank you for tuning in everybody and make sure you subscribe as we walk with artists and musicians on their journey to the stage.